Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, we're talking a bit of business today, women in business. So I thought I'd bring a longtime business rock star into co-host with me. Hello, Miss Megpesa. How are you doing? Hello, Melissa Histon. I'm doing great. I'm really excited. This is the first time I have actually done a podcast and but listened to yours for such a long time. And can I just say congratulations to you, Mel Histon. I believe that you've just reached your 20,000 download, um, which is incredible in just one year. So congratulations, Mel, and thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you so much. Well, you are a bit of a pro on the mic. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I prefer to be behind the microphone. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today with Donna. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Look, the reason why I've asked Donna in today is because I know so many women friends who started and grown their own businesses. And I'm in a number of Facebook groups that are dedicated to just that women who are starting or have their own businesses. Have you, sisters, have you ever thought about turning a passion into a side hustle or a business, or are you really great at your job and maybe dream of going out on your own? Yeah, look, I think, um, Mel, in the you know 20-odd years that I've been in business, so much has changed, um, and there's so many more opportunities for us sisters to be able to create a business that suits them, um, You know, whether it's about going it alone, that we're going to talk in a moment, or whether it's about you know partnerships or franchises, and what are the pros and cons in all of that and I, I think this is a great opportunity to really explore some of that with our guest. Oh absolutely and um, as I said I've, I've got many friends that have had the bravery, had the courage to go out on and start their own business and you know I hear them talk about well what's the best structure, what's the what best way to actually find that business model or structure that's going to work for you and quite often people opt to go start on their own or go it alone as a sole proprietor or, um, you know, look at a franchise model. And Donna, that's why I've asked Donna Spillane in today, because I'm really, really curious around you and you've made a really big shift in your business recently. So you've been a businesswoman now for how many years? Five and a half years, is it? Yeah, about six years. Hi, Mel. Thank you so much for having me today too. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, it's great to have you in here. So for those of you that don't know Donna has again had her own real estate business for about five and a half years you're a mom of three yes I am yep so I've been a real estate agent for 16 years yep moved to Newcastle probably six and a half years ago yep opened up our own franchise business not knowing a single soul and have just recently gone independently and left the franchise model so yeah which I find really interesting I want to really pull that apart a bit but to start off with say I didn't realize you've actually been a real estate agent for 16 years yeah so started my career on the Gold Coast which is that that's home that's where I grew up and um, just sort of followed my husband through his sales career Um, before that he had a sporting professional career so I sort of followed him around and had to sort of find my own feet in regards to my career so oh, wow yeah. so what was his sporting so he was a golf pro oh wow yeah before we had children he had his own business as an on-site golf shop in retail and then he got involved with sales and um so I was sort of the stay-at-home mum without any 
sort of tertiary education or anything like that. And did you meet many celebs on the golf pro circuit? No, because I was <laughs> having babies. So, oh. did he meet many celebs? Yes, so yeah. he was always away when when the kids were little, and I was sort of like you know doing it myself, which is why I sort of fell into real estate because when I was looking to buy and sell the family home, it was sort of my responsibility because he was away so much. The real estate agents that were sort of you know taking me to see properties I didn't feel like they were listening to me and they weren't getting what I wanted and I felt it was all about a sales pitch and not necessarily what I needed as a consumer so that's where my passion grew from yeah that's really interesting Mm. you know I hear of a number of women who not necessarily going into real estate but who might flip a house and then decide that they're going to go into home styling because they find something that they are passionate about by chance and something that they're good at so that yeah. kind of sounds a little bit like what you've done you kind of been a stay-at-home mum had to sell a house and then kind of gone wow actually I think I could do this and maybe yeah, do it in my own way I really identified that this was something that I had a lot of interest in and I felt that it was a very ego driven business and there were people didn't have that care factor I didn't feel as though I had that care factor when I was you know selling my property yeah so it sort of you know it 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 grew from there and I was when I first started to make you know inquiries about becoming a real estate agent everyone was saying to me you can't be a woman successful in business in in regards to real estate you're going to be no good at this you're a mother how are you going to balance between being a mother picking up kids from school and being Mm. a real estate agent and that sort of really put a fire in my belly so how old were you kids at this time they had the last one had just gone to school so I think I had one that was you know would have been eight and I had one that was six and one that was five. So, yeah. Donna, did at that time when everyone kept saying to you, oh, how are you going to balance kids and family and, you know, all the things, what were you thinking? I mean, a fire in your belly, but were you a bit scared? I think I was a bit scared, but I think I had a lot to prove. So I think if, if somebody tells me I can't do something, <laughs> it's like, rightio, let's give this a crack and see what we can do. Game on. So, I'm so very- like that. Me too. I'm so like that. I'm like, I'll, be, I'll come back to you in a year's time and we'll just see about that. <laughs> Agree. It's like you've got to prove your point. So, but, but I had the passion, which I think is really important as well. Mm. So, And I think that's something that a lot of women have come up against, especially in traditionally male industries that you know women can be made to feel a little bit fish out of water and maybe that they don't quite fit and I'm going to be honest I've worked in a residential development in a marketing role with a real estate sales team so I didn't do any sales myself I was in a marketing role and it was really interesting to see that to see there's a lot of testosterone there and I remember there was one woman and my god she had to fight like a man like oh god that sounds terrible fight like a man but she had to (laughs) no you know what I mean like she I go they could be so denigrating to her that she really had to um you know really fire up and hold her own and she funnily enough she was a mother with five kids Mm. yeah it's interesting isn't it yeah Yeah. did you have to study to actually you have to do a course, so yeah. which was pretty easy back then. But having said that, it was the commitment to, I mean, fortunately at that stage my husband had had left his role as a professional sports person and had had a very successful sales career. So I had him sort of coaching me on the side, which was awesome. But I surrounded myself with really good mentors. He was really supportive in regards to family life and making sure that I had that sort of, 
extra education by mentoring that I needed yeah. and supported me 100%. So That's so great. It's awesome. Let's get soulful on social media. Search the Sister Code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. How did you get your first job? As a real estate agent. Mm, as a real estate agent. I think I just went very naively into an independent agency and that was back in the days where you could put people on as commission only and so there was no investment wow. for him and I think he could see the drive that I had mm. and when I started as a real estate agent, he told me it would be commission only. I said, that's fine and I said, I want to learn everything there is to know about the business. Like whatever you ask me to do, I will do as long as it was ethical and honest, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just applied myself and I learned very quickly and I have experienced throughout my whole real estate career that there is still that gender disparity, I suppose you'd call it, and there's a lot of ways that I experienced in my real estate career of way people treated women and treated other people in the office that wasn't cool or acceptable to me. So that sort of drove me to wanting to have my own office. Yeah, it's a really interesting point. I I mean, I, I was in business with my father for a number of years and there were times in that journey and I'd worked for 15 years before that you know, in, in different roles, where some clients would actually say to me, oh, that's a nice idea, Meg, but can you go and ask your dad what he thinks? Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that, and that <laughs> happened a lot. And it didn't just happen with older people who were used to Bob being the sort of sage advisor. There was people my own age asking me that, particularly blokes. And I, I never – I grew up never thinking that there was a glass ceiling because my mum and dad, like I guess yours, Donna, and, and yours, Mel, always said – do what you dream of, you know, get out there and do something and, you know, why wouldn't you want to be what you want to be, go into business, do what you want. So I got such a surprise when I started working to find that there was that. But even when you own your own business and and you're starting to, you know, grow up and get your own experience, that people are still going, do you want to just go and check with the bloke or the older bloke and your father you know <laughs> so yeah yeah it's, um, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing and you think oh it's 2020 it must have changed but we know it hasn't yeah, the yeah. Co- I think the culture it still needs to evolve yeah. in that business platform and that's something that I've I discovered very early I didn't like the way that I got treated and the culture mm. of that male dominance and and you know with all due respect to men there's a place for everyone in this community and everyone needs to be treated as equal so that really I suppose drove me to think I can change not only the experience that my clients have as yeah, a as a consumer of real estate but also the culture of my staff and that was something that I've always sort of had on the horizon that I've wanted to have my own business so I could have my own culture. Yeah. So how did you find your way to Newcastle? Following the husband. Ah! So, <laughs> so yeah, we came to um, Newcastle with a, another brand and um, very quickly I saw that that just was that wrong culture for me, totally wrong culture where it didn't support women. So when you say you came with another brand, so you had started your own agency else, no, elsewhere? No, 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 no I was no. working. You're working yeah. for another brand? Yes. Can you say who it is? I can. Okay, yeah. So I was working for McGrath at the time. Okay, yeah. So I'd worked for McGrath for over 10 years. Yeah. I had, you know, I had a lot of training from John McGrath. I was in mastermind groups that I was selected to do and I had scholarships to do extra learning with the the great real estate agents of Australia. So I was fortunate that I got to meet a lot of um, top real estate agents and learn from them. 
but at an office level, it was still the culture wasn't cool for me. So mm. it wasn't the culture I was looking for. And I think it's one of those things, I suppose, in a larger organisation and possibly in a, in a franchise situation. And I'm guessing with McGrath, they're franchise. Yes, franchise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I guess, um, you know, like in any franchise situation, you know, you have your overarching values and ethos from the from the head of the organization but it's really up to then those individual Individual. pockets or businesses to really set the tone within their own office yeah and that's Mm. something that I always felt that as a business owner I wanted to provide a supportive environment where everybody could achieve that everybody was as valued regardless of what they were doing and anybody Mm. that needed help I as a business owner I want to be able to help Mm. them and support them and lift them up basically so so then you went from working from McGrath to then starting your own agency yeah so another major franchise we bought the franchise rights to the Newcastle market and opened it so not only were we brand new in town but we had a brand new business we had to sell everything to invest in that business we sold our house oh my god we sold absolutely everything to invest in that business so there was a lot riding on it so in terms of a franchise model it can be quite expensive then to actually buy into that I remember years ago hearing like that if you bought into say a Brumbies it was like you know four hundred five hundred thousand dollars to buy in you know to be able to buy a franchise yeah. of, oh the of, Gloria Jeans ones were the similar and then yeah know, huge expensive ongoing yeah. marketing costs and so forth yeah. yeah yeah and I suppose the advantage of a franchise model is that you yes, come support. with a given brand and support and that sort of thing yeah it was it, I, I, we needed a brand at that stage I think because mm. we were so new to town so it was a big investment because not only did we have to buy the franchise we had to you know fit out a shop and pay for a lease and all this sort of stuff so but we made the commitment because we knew we could do it we started as an independent agency under a brand in several different areas so I knew that we could do this and um that is so freaking ballsy of you (laughs) like that is ballsy to have to to, you know to sell up as your your home or whatever to go and, and take a chance Take a chance on an unknown kid. No, yeah. that's a lot of time for me. It's a line from a movie I love. Um, no, but it's true to like go, I'm going to take the leap. And and again, you know, I, I know so many women that would love to take the leap, but it's a very courageous step. And I imagine there's a lot of fear you have to get overall work through to do that. Like that's, that's ballsy. There's no turning back once you do it. You've got to make true. it work. It's true. You've got to make it work. And, yeah. and at the same time, I think, Donna, that's when I first met you yes. um, because you just didn't set open a business and work really hard at that. You also got to know your community and I met you through the Gen Collective. You and did, I think it yes. was actually Gen X Women or just yeah. about to become Gen Collective. What made you get involved in those sorts of organizations day one when I was in Newcastle I knew that um, I had to find like-minded people to connect with and that's really hard for me because I'm one of these people that likes to stay in my lane and fly under the radar whilst I think in a business setting in front of clients I look very confident but I'm a very insular person that was happy to stay in my box so day one I can remember I went to a Gen X event and it was at the stadium and I didn't know anybody and I walked in and they made me feel so welcome so yeah and it was like yes this is the right group for me and I just kept on trying to find other people that I could network with because I knew that I had to really go outside my comfort level to try and find like-minded people and to, to connect the dots basically 
How did you find that moving into Newcastle? You know, was, were you scared about creating all of these new connections after having a family and businesses and all those sorts of things in in the Gold Coast? What were you thinking at the same it time? Was, well, it was hard, but we'd had a stop in between the Gold Coast to Port Macquarie and, and done it where I'd sort of been an agent for three years and had gone from nothing to the top of my game in that in Port Macquarie in that time so I, I knew we could do it the hardest part is as the kids grow up you're not doing school drop-off and you're not as heavily involved with the school scene so I knew that I didn't have that as a fallback I knew that I wasn't going to have the connection through the kids because they were at an age where they were taking themselves to school so I knew I had to try and find people in the community yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I, you know, a lot of women, their social group becomes around the kids at school and doing their drop-offs. And yeah, when you're not doing that, that's so true. Yeah. And so how do you hard. feel that piece of your life? Yeah. That you you still need, even if you're an insular kind of lane person, mm. you still need other people to yes. be able to connect with, and particularly in the in- industries like real estate and yes. PR and yeah. you know charities. Mel, you know, having that yeah. connectivity is so important in terms of how you fit. Yeah. And it's been really hard because a lot of people have very established groups mm. and. They're very comfortable in those groups. So I was fortunate that people let me into some groups and I've just always tried to be me and try to be true to me. And I think because of that, you attract your groove and your kind of person. Yeah, And you sort of fit in and slot in. So, And Newcastle has been wonderful. They've been so open-armed to us and our family in the community. So it's, you know, it's been great. Want to save your soul? Review us on Apple Podcasts. So you mentioned before, you know, from when you first started doing real estate and then starting your own business that you wanted to do things differently. What was it that you were really seeing that made you go, I need to do this differently and in my own way? I really felt as though the real estate industry was all about the ego of the agent and the commission that they were taking home with little respect for the home seller and the person that was going to have the end result. So that really pushed my buttons early on to hear that agents were just, I suppose, not giving their sellers options. So to me, even to this day, whether I'm selling a $300,000 property or a $3 million property, it's all about going through a campaign to extract every single cent out of the marketplace for that seller at the time and still having the buyers walk away saying, we missed out on that property, but it was a pleasant experience. You made us feel welcome. You mm. you kept us up to date, and you know you gave us every opportunity to buy it. So, one of my one of my challenges in the real estate sector is the emotion. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm buying a home. I'm buying. It's my money. You know, um, dealing with with home buyers, sellers, vendors, etc. About how do you manage that? How do you manage their emotions and their expectations? And- Just transparency. I talk to my vendors every day, and I want them to feel as though they know exactly what's happening. So I sort of at the start of listing their property, I'm, I'm saying to them, I've got your back. We're going to do this together. It's not me. It's not you going it alone. I've got your hand and we're going to go through this together. And it's your property. So you're going to make the decisions at the end of the day. I'll just give you the advice and, and the feedback of what's happening with the buyers in the marketplace. Oh my so. God, it's so funny you say that. I love it. (laughs) So my parents have just sold their unit and I'm looking in the market right now to buy a place. And so us, their children have become their emotional support. And the biggest thing where they call and they get in a bit of a frenzy is around the, we don't know what's going on. We haven't heard from the agent. (laughs) 
I'm like, oh my god, okay, call the agent then. <laughs> call the agent. Talk to them. Well, one of the biggest feedback that we get from buyers is that, is yeah. that they call agents and agents just don't call back. So yeah. we've got very much policies in place that if yeah. someone rings, we have to get back in a certain time. And same yeah. with email and all that sort of stuff because we really want our clients, whether they're sellers or buyers, to feel as though they're valued. So because without them, we wouldn't have a business. Do you know interesting? I think that's humans. Like everybody, yeah, one, one of the big things I've learned through Got You Back Sister and the Sister Code and, and people that I meet and podcasting is that everybody wants to be heard. Absolutely. I Everyone agree. wants to be heard and everybody wants to be seen. And that's different for everybody, what that looks like. So half the time the battle is trying to figure out how that, what it is that that is going to make that person mm. feel heard and seen. But as humans, that's all we want. We want to be heard, seen, and we want to feel valued. I always say to my staff, our job is to get the absolute best result for our seller, but we want to make sure that we leave everybody throughout that transaction, anybody that we touch, we want them to leave them feeling good. And in 2020, that is becoming and I guess COVID as well that challenge of meeting everyone's expectations in a world where everything has changed around us and it's fast-paced despite the fact that COVID made us all kind of step back a little bit it's still fast-paced you know how many emails do we get a day how many phone calls do we get a day Um, I was on the phone for 20 minutes today and I had seven missed phone calls and you're like Mm -hmm. Um, so managing that when there's that kind of instant kind of need to communicate and be heard and be seen layer that on top of an emotional process. Scott and I were trying to buy a home that Donna was trying to sell and um, Scott said at the end of it, we didn't get the house, Um, it was a beautiful house, but he said that was the best worst experience I've ever had with the real estate because Donna just kept us involved the whole time and it's that communication thing, you know, it's it's about understanding what the buyer or the seller was looking for and just dealing with their emotions at the time and their expectations. So, yeah. Want to fill your soul with more? Go to thesisterco.com. So Donna, that is a really big leap to go from starting a business under a well-known brand and well-known franchise and then making the leap to leave that and start a business in this very kind of competitive cutthroat world of real estate to change your business model and to go it alone under a new brand like your own brand which I mean it's great we, yeah. we love you I'm like, but I'm during, going no no but I go, yeah it's like okay I have been I have a KFC franchise and I'm going to go out and start my own fried chicken thing you know like you know I just go <laughs> so there's a, there's a security and safety around mm-hmm. working under a, an already known brand and then to go it alone I go number one I'm seeing a pattern of bravery here courageousness but I tell it but yeah. and so but tell us like I don't know about that but <laughs> no it is it is I, it's brave it's totally brave it's totally brave Tell us about that. What what was it that made you want to change that business model? I think we felt that um, under the brand, we very much had to do what the brand wanted us to do. And we the way we do business is very much at, I suppose, roots level, you'd say. We, we want to be on the same level as our clients. And I don't know, I just like to say I'm a bogan, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Did not expect you to say that. <laughs> no, but I'm, I, I suppose that's something like the... the the reason that we stepped away was because we wanted to control our own ethics morals mm. and everything that we did, we've fought pretty hard to get to where we are and we want to continue that journey and we want to be in control of that journey. So, you know, the brand that we were at was a beautiful brand, 
but we felt as though it was losing its way in regards to being all about the people and we're all about the people so and how important is culture in any organization definitely Mm. It, it sets the tone for everything that you do is the culture yeah definitely definitely if you You've got to make the people that you're around feel as though you really love and respect them. That's always been, you know, what drives me. So good on you. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And how are you feeling now? Yeah, good. The yeah. community has been so supportive. It's actually, I step back and think, oh God, why did we even sort of, you know, have any doubts about changing? Because the community have sort of said to us, oh, it's about time. You should have done that ages ago. And oh, oh we so love family brands because we've got we've got the daughter working in the brand and we've got the 25 year old son's done all the rebrand for us. So it's been a real, and the dog works and in the, dog the works brand. In <laughs> so if you go to Donna's office, then you definitely meet Beanie um, who, who greets you with a, a very happy slobbery kiss. He thinks and, and he's human. He thinks he's human, <laughs> but it, but it is, it's really important. And there's so many family businesses in Newcastle. So family businesses is, is not something we should apologise for, I don't think, you know. Um, no, I always was a bit embarrassed that we had people working in the business and our CEO came one day when we were working under the brand and said, oh, what, you've got children working in the business? And I was that was a bit of a light bulb moment for me. But, yeah, you know, families, I think the family support is just so important and you're at work so often anyway. It's like a family and the staff that we've got are like our family. They're absolutely amazing and we'd be lost without them. So, yeah, it's been it's been a good move. I think that's testament to, as I said, there's so many Newcastle family businesses, you know, great names that, you know, the Varleys, the Rundles, you know, and others. Um, and they they all have something similar is that, you see your whole staff as your family as well because you spend more time with your staff than you almost spend with your family, or maybe not in your case because you work <laughs> with all yours. But what else makes a good culture in, in your in your small business as yeah, such? Yeah, I think having respect for your staff. Like, you know, we've got a, a staff member that's off sick at the moment and he's stressing. He hasn't got COVID, thank goodness. He's been tested. But he's stressing because he hasn't been there this week. And I've said it's more important that you get yourself healthy first We've got it all under control here. The important thing to me is that he's well and he's mm. he's healthy and then he comes back when he feels he's ready to come back. So, but yeah, I, I'm just, yeah, to me it's really important about holding other people up and particularly women. I'm very passionate about women succeeding and I always want to put the message out there to women that you don't have to have qualifications or whatever. If you're passionate about something, Surround yourself with people that can help you and and go after what you want to do and do it. Yeah. Amen. I love that. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Absolutely love that. And Donna, you know, you've, you've, I've met a couple of your, your clients who are now your mates. (laughs) Amazing women who are doing amazing other businesses in this region and, you know, supporting each other and acting, you know, uh, not just acting, but believing in in each other and supporting each other. And congratulations to you on your new brand. I think it's fantastic. Okay. Now let's get down to some very, very important detail. I really need to know this. (laughs) What do you think is going to happen with the real estate market at the moment? And, forward with the COVIDs? That's a really good question. Yeah. Um, one that I'm very passionate about. I think we're very fortunate in Newcastle. We live in a bit of a bubble, if you'd like to say that, whereas we haven't really seen effects of COVID in the Newcastle real estate market. I think Newcastle is still, other than an absolutely amazing place to live with fantastic, you know, things to offer as a lifestyle, but it's still been a reasonably cheaper 
real estate market than your Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we still yeah. see more than 50% of our buyers come from out of area. Once, when COVID hit, I was sort of like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Is it going to be, you know, the tap's going to turn off? You know, I sat down and put in place for my clients so they would wake up the next morning. Okay, we've got this. This is what's happening because I didn't know what was going to happen. But what we found happened is we had people booking in for online inspections online and we were at properties for over three hours trying to get people through individually and it hasn't stopped. We've gone back to obviously doing inspections and on-site auctions. We're averaging 40 to 50 groups through inspections every weekend. Mm, And that's, you know, 10 open homes every weekend. So I don't think the market's going to slow down. It's a very stable market for Newcastle at the moment. I think it's one of the only areas in Australia that's seen some growth month on month, which is awesome through this time. And I actually feel that um, once we get the other side of COVID, whenever that will be, I think prices are going to go a bit crazy in Newcastle. Yeah, well, I read recently in some local media that uh, there's a real shortage in rentals at the moment. Are, are you guys experiencing? Yes, yeah, we're having you know, multiple applications on rental properties. There has been a bit of a shortage of stock in regards to people selling as well. But I feel that um, sellers now realise, okay, COVID hasn't affected the Newcastle market, so they're selling, but there is still... So we've always had the same amount of stock level, but there seems to be definitely an increase of buyers. And, you know, I've had auctions where I've had bidders from Singapore, they're expats, and, (laughs) you know, um, I've got buyers currently that we're doing walkthroughs from Brisbane because they need to move to Newcastle but can't get here. So it seems as though Newcastle is really on the map as an ideal destination to come and live. Why wouldn't it be? Exactly. We all love it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Cheers, cheers. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I always love talking women and women in business and soul for women in business. So thanks so much for coming in. And, uh, you know, I saw on social media that you had branched out and, again, changed that whole business model. And I've been really curious about that. So, you know, and, and I'm a big one for let's share that information because there can be people out there that might be looking to start their own business and rethink about, okay, what's going to be the best format for me and maybe I go it alone. Maybe I go it alone in business. Thanks, Mel. And a big thank you to Megan yourself as well because what you guys do for the community, I notice you girls day one in Newcastle and what you contribute <laughs> and I aspire to be able to contribute like an eighth of an amount of what you girls do. So um, Newcastle should be very proud of you both. Well, so oh, thank you. It's thank very you. kind. Thank, thank you. you. And Meg, thank you for coming on and being a rock star co-host. Oh, thank you for having me on. I love this stuff. I'm, I'm digging the uh, the uh, headphones and the microphone thing. But yeah, thank you. And congratulations again, Mel. You're doing a great job with this in unearthing these fantastic soulful sister stories so well done give a girl a microphone (laughs) (laughs) cheers to that okay quickly you two both of you donna boom how can we find you um we're in hamilton our website is spillaneproperty.com.au and if you do a google search for donna spillane you'll find me perfect and meg yeah i I run a, a little pr agency over in good old carrington otherwise known as caradise and uh we are persa.com.au beautiful thank you sisters thank you thanks for listening to hey soul sister with mel histon what would help you on your crazy life journey email melissa at thesistercode.com